0: work our way through a problem attitude, which we discussed last week. So the, uh, the, I guess the odd numbers will be the problem uh, attitudes. And then the even weeks, the twos, the fours, the six, the eight, the ten, that'll be the, the solution attitudes as we go through this summer and really work on our attitudes according to what the Bible says. And, and you know, God teaches us a lot about attitude. And attitude is not always good. Attitude can also be bad. So it's not the word attitude that is just good or just bad. It's a choice that we make. And so the, the power of our attitudes is where we're going to be this morning. <clears throat> I got a little cough here. If you don't mind, I'm going to get a, a drink of water. Stink. I don't know why, Jason, we we have to get me a glass of water that is half empty. I'm I'm just kind of tired of the fact that when I ask for something, it's gotta be half. Empty, you know. I just, I don't understand. Well, this. Brother Eric, it's, it's actually half full. The glass is half full, and and, and secondly, if you want to water, just ask, and, and we'll get you more. Well, I understand that, but Jason, I mean, it, it just it looks awkward. It's just, I mean, I just would look so much better, and, and I don't understand why. You know, you guys know I struggle sometimes with with my throat, and it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just, it's just half empty. Well, again, you you've got you've got a half full glass, and. And really, I think that's enough. I think that that'll do you. Isn't that how it is, church? Isn't it really about a choice? I mean, here I was faced with a decision. And I chose to look at something a certain way. I chose to look at a glass half empty when it was half full. You say, yeah, but it was also half empty. Yeah, but it was also half full. And so you see, it's kind of the way that we choose to look at things. Life is like choices just like that one. And there's two paths that we can take, two different paths that have two totally different outcomes. God feels very strongly about the attitudes that we choose, very strongly. Remember last week, we we looked at a passage in Scripture, the book of Numbers, chapter 14, where God took this incredibly radical position about an attitude, and he was willing to almost wipe out an entire world because of it. I mean, if you go back and look at that that chapter in Numbers, chapter 14, you see this entire generation of complainers. And you go back, God says, go back to these complainers, to the wilderness and just die there. And I'm going to let your children, at the end of the day, God said this, I'm going to let your children go to the promised land, but you're not going to be able to go there. I wanted you to go. I wanted you to know about this joy that was going to be incredible, the blessings of God that were just going to be overflowing in your life, but you wouldn't give me the chance because you kept complaining. Remember this, attitudes are patterns of thinking that are formed over a long period of time. We, we talked about that last week, and it's very important as we go through these different attitudes that you understand they don't just spring up all of a sudden. You didn't become a complainer today or yesterday. No, you've been one for a long time. And to break that pattern, it's going to take an antidote. To to break that pattern, it's going to take another attitude that's going to have to be developed over a long period of time. And if we're not willing to invest in this attitude, if we're not willing to pour ourselves into this attitude, if we're not willing to change our path, to change our direction and get on a new path, then we're going to find the same results. And that's not the promised land. You see, we can choose our attitudes and we can change our attitudes. We can put off, as Scripture says, the old attitude of complaining, and we can put on this new attitude, this solution attitude, this Bible godly attitude called gratitude. And then we can get into the promised land. We can experience the joy and the blessings of God like never before. So last week's problem attitude was complaining, and this week's solution attitude is gratitude and thanksgiving. And what better place to go in the Word of God than Luke chapter 17. So if you have your Bibles or your iPads or some sort of a technology way of turning into scriptures, then go to Luke chapter 17 and we're going to see what I've come to find to be the foundational passage, the foundational story of gratitude in the word of God. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the Bible about gratitude. There's a lot of stuff, but there is nothing stronger than this account in scripture. Look at verse 11 of Luke chapter number 17, where it says here about Jesus that it came, came to pass as he, Jesus, was going to Jerusalem, he was, he was passing through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Now, or rather, uh, yeah, Samaria and, uh, and Galilee, that's right. And, and as you look at that, first of all, I want you to identify the fact that the Samaritans hated the jews or the galileans there was a great hatred there and i think there's there's more to that than just a a couple of locations on the map at that time god was trying to tell us here that he was passing through different lands different people different circumstances different cultures because this number one and write this down because everyone needs the lord everyone needs the lord there is no one in this building that doesn't need the lord We're all in need of a Savior. In fact, in verse number 12, I'm convinced that these 10 men represent all the people of all humanity. I'm so excited this summer that we have the privilege of hosting foreign exchange students from all over the world. In fact, if you are here today, I know you guys can understand English a little bit like I can understand you a little bit. If you're a foreign exchange student, would you raise your hand and you're in the service? Ukraine? Ukraine? uh, Let me try to say it. How do you say it? Sub- Uzbekistan, Uzbekistan, and Thailand, right? So we've got four. Anybody else? who have Dominican or no? They're not here? Okay, all right. So we've got, I think we've got some Dominican Republic. We've got them coming from Russia and China and Latvia. We're going to have 16 different countries staying in our dorms for four months this summer. And as a, as a result of a program that... They're here to experience America and to work at Magic Springs and to, and to stay here on Champions Campus. And so these are some students that decided to come and hear this, this, this guy preach this morning. And uh, we may have different religions, different backgrounds, but they're interested in what we have to say. Isn't that great? And I'm so excited about that. But you know, God says this. God says it doesn't matter where you're from. doesn't matter if you're from Uzbekistan or from China or from Thailand or from America or from Hot Springs. Everyone needs the Lord. Everyone needs God. And so here we find in verse 12, as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers. Now these ten men represent the entire world. I believe that. I believe God is showing us an example here of ten men who need God. They need the Lord. They're lepers. In fact, oftentimes we would take this passage and we would be able to use it as an example of all of us are Are plagued by a disease called sin. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. And in this story we find that ten men had a disease of leprosy. And they needed God. They needed an answer. So look at verse 13. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. You know who that reminds me of? Me. And you. That's how we are. Every time there's a crisis, what are we doing? We're, oh, I need you, God. Pull me out of this one. You know, we can go without prayer, but you put an emergency in our lives, and all of a sudden it becomes very important. Our nation can go without prayer, but you let two planes fly into the World Trade Center, and all of a sudden we're a nation of prayer for at least two weeks. For at least a couple of weeks, everybody in this nation understood, we got issues, we need God. In fact, every newscaster who seemed to be anti-God the night before all of a sudden said, we need to pray for New York. You see, that's how we are. When we come to a, a tragedy, when we come to a situation, a catastrophe, I'm not saying it's wrong. I, I'm, I'm saying this is how we are. This is, we, we, we tend to cry out to God. Here's ten men. Here's the world, by the way. The world is crying out for mercy. The world is saying, God, I need some help. Something, something's missing. I, I need something, God. So the world cries out. In verse 14, when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass, as they went, they were cleansed. I want you to write this down, number two. Not only do everyone needs the Lord, but only a few thank him personally. Everyone needs the Lord, but only a few will thank him personally. So here these ten men are cleansed, but notice verse 15. One. Yes, just one. You're reading that right, church. One of them, not ten, not nine, not eight, not seven, not six, not five, not four, not three, not even two, only one. One person that was cleansed of the ten, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back. He went out of his way. I mean, he was going towards the priest, but he said, you know, before I do that, I'm going to go back out of my way, I'm going to inconvenience myself, and I am going to glorify God. In verse 16, he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him, say it with me, church, giving him thanks. He gave him thanks. In this story, we have a thankless nine and a thankful one. A choice. Oh, no, ten choices. No question, it wasn't one choice. There were ten choices made. Ten attitudes that were chosen. Only one thankful. Only one thankful. Nine were not. Look at verse 19, or verse 17. And Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine?" There are not found that return to give glory to God save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. I want you to write this down. Only a few experience him powerfully. Everyone needs the Lord. Only a few thank him personally. And only a few experience him powerfully. Look at the powerful experience this healed leper had. You see, all ten were healed. Yes or no? Yes. Yes. All ten were healed of their leprosy, but only one got saved. Only one got saved. You see, when the Bible speaks here of this one becoming whole, W-H-O-L-E, it's not talking about the healing of leprosy. They were already healed. This now, this person who turned back and glorified God, this individual experienced God powerfully. God said of this person, your faith, your faith, Hath made you whole. Faith. Let faith arise. Let faith arise. Open my eyes. Open my eyes. What does that do? I lift my hands to believe again. You see, faith is the soil. Let me read my notes here. Faith is the soil Faith grows in the soil of thankfulness. Excuse me. Faith grows. You see, as I put my faith in God, I realize that comes from my thankfulness. When faith arises in your heart, I can assure you it began when you recognized the goodness of God. What does the goodness of God lead us to? Repentance. You see, when you and I recognize how great a God we serve we begin to have more faith. It's, it's, here, here's one leper who said, wait a minute. There is a God. He healed me. There is a God. He's awesome. He's just what I need. I'm going to go back and glorify him. And when he went back, God recognized his faith and said, you are made whole. Let me give you a passage of Scripture to attach to that thought. Romans chapter 1. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it to them. Now, just hold on. God showed something to them. Every one of us in this building have seen God. We've seen God in creation. Amen. We've seen God this morning in the sunshine. (laughs) Let me say something. You, You saw God this morning, or you experienced God when you took a breath. That was God. When you got out of bed and you took your first step, you know who you needed to thank? Right there. Not your leg. Thank you, leg. That is wonderful. You're you're doing good today, leg. Your your leg could care less. It didn't hear you. It didn't respond, you know. It's God who gave you the ability to take a step today. You this morning have experienced God powerfully in your life. The, the, The problem is most of us don't recognize it's God. You see... God has showed himself to us this morning. He's manifested himself. Look at the next verse. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. I mean, I don't understand God. I don't see God. But man, this world is amazing. When you look at God's creation, how all this happened. Can I tell you something? All of this did not happen because of an explosion. Any more than you could throw a stick of dynamite in a print shop and get the Declaration of Independence. You do not get order from chaos. This is the doing of an almighty God, a creator, who created the entire world. And we can see him in creation, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. We have no excuse, God. uh, Guys, only the fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. Look at the next verse. Because that. So if we know there's a God. If we know there's a God, church. Because that when they knew God. Atheist. Yeah, right. Even the atheists were praying when those planes hit the towers. Because that when they knew God. Here was the problem. Here's the problem. They glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful. The problem Because they weren't thankful. You see, the problem is they didn't recognize this is God. Something's different. God is blessed. God has given me life. God God has saved me. God died on the cross for my sins. Oh my, thank you, God. I want you, God. I want to be saved. Thankfulness is where faith grows. Do you see how important this is? This is not some just token, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. No, this is huge. This is the foundation of every other great attitude. If you are going to have a good attitude, you cannot do it without gratitude. It's impossible. Gratitude is the attitude that sets the altitude for living. Gratitude is the altitude that sets the the altitude for living. Every single day, this is the attitude I want to have. Gratitude. Now, what is the definition of gratitude? As defined in the Oxford Dictionary, it is this. To show that a kindness received is valued. Wow. To show that a kindness received is valued. I lift my hands to believe again. Thank you, God. If you're bothered by anybody who raises their hands and gives thanks, why? Why? Somebody tell me why. Somebody come up to me after church and just explain to me, what's wrong with showing that a kindness received is valued? Thank you, God. Thank you. I value what you've done for me. Somebody Somebody buys my meal at a restaurant. That's a kindness. Thank you, Jerome. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Receive my gratitude. <laughs> I look him in the You know what my dad used to say? Look him in the eye, son. Look him in the eye. Thank you, Dave. I love you, man. Love you Thanks for being. Thank you for mowing the lawn at this church every week. Thank you, Faye, for getting that weed eater out and following your husband on that r- riding lawnmower. <laughs> I don't want to see her on a riding lawnmower. Excuse me, I'm I'm just having a moment of gratitude. I've received a kindness and I value it. So here's what happens. We begin to deeply appreciate people. It's not just a, thank you, thanks. Oh, yeah, I forgot, thanks. Well, that, that That's okay. I mean, I'll take that. It's better than nothing. But you see, the gratitude that we're talking about here, here's a man that fell on his face and glorified God because his life was changed. And so I ask you today, that you, are you greatly appreciative for all that God has done for you? You know what I believe the problem is? We've just been given so much. We've, we've been spoiled. I mean, church, listen, we have been given so much. And somehow we've been taught that the way to deal with receiving much is is to make plans to get more. More and more and more and more. And so now we have an America that we're we're, we're supposedly this rich rich country. We've got all the food and and all the oil and 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 big houses and nice cars and and, and clothes and and things. And guess what we want? More. We want more. We don't have time to return and give thanks because we're heading to the department store to get more. We don't have time to return to give thanks cuz what we had's already gotten old and we got to go get a new one. And so we just want more and more and more and more and more. We become a covetous nation. We stopped to give thanks. And if we're not careful church, all the focus in our lives is going to be on getting 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 getting. It's sad, isn't it? Because if God never did another thing for me, I could spend the rest of my days filling them with gratitude. Let me say that again. If God never did another thing for me, if this was the last day I lived on planet Earth, if I, all I ate for the rest of my life was rice and beans, which a lot of this world has to eat, that's it. If all I had was this set of clothes on my back, and I never got another, if all I had was just, uh, you know, the, the basics of life, if, if, if God never gave me one more thing, nothing else, that's it. Not another paycheck, not another, not another day to live, not another meal, not a, if, if all I got, if this was the end of things that I received from God, I could still spend the rest of my life thanking God for how good he's been to me. So this is so important, isn't it? The way to put off complaining is to fill your life with genuine expressions of gratitude to God. Genuine expressions. So let me give you three thoughts on thankfulness. Number one, thankfulness is a decision. Thankfulness is a decision. You'll make the decision. I won't make it for you. You won't make it for me. God won't make it for you. Let me give you a verse in Psalm 107. It's a great verse. And I want you to pay attention to this verse. This will be the verse I put on the screen three times in the next 20 or so minutes as we conclude. I want you to look at that first word. We're going to come back to that word at the end. You see that first word? Somebody tell me what that word says. Oh. Hmm. What's so special about oh? Oh, I can't wait to tell you. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. What did I say? Thankfulness is a decision. Here's how it would not be a decision if it said, Oh, that men could praise the Lord. If it said that, then it would be God's fault. We could just say, God, I want to give you thanks, but I, you know, I just wish I could. But God, I just. You didn't give me the ability. You didn't give me the decision maker. So, oh, that man could praise the Lord. I wish we could, God. No, no, that's not true, is it? It's oh, that man would, because they don't. You know what the psalmist is saying? Oh, that man would. Why don't they? I'm not sure. Are you selfish, covetous, one-hour way, complainers? Why don't we? Oh, that man would. I'll tell you why. Because we just don't make the decision to give gratitude. We make the decision to complain. Listen, if you don't make a decision to be thankful, then you're already making a decision to complain. And so I want to challenge you to make that decision. We choose our attitudes just like we choose our food and we choose our clothing. Number two, thankfulness is a decision based in reality. I want you to think with me for just a moment. Use your mind and think through this. Do I really have a lot to be thankful for? Think with me for just a minute. I'm going to give you a few seconds. Do I really have a lot to be thankful for? Thankfulness is a decision based in reality. Let me give you a few verses. Psalm chapter 107, verse 8 again says this. "All oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness for his what? Wonderful works. Is that true or not? Has God been good? Has God done some wonderful works for us? Wow. Amazing. I, I, I can't even begin to, to, to imagine uh, filling up one book a thousand pages long with all the wonderful works God's done for me. Let me give you another one. Isaiah 25 and verse 1. Oh, Lord, thou art my God. I will exalt thee. I will. I will make this decision, God. I will praise your name. I will exalt you, God. I will lift my hands, God. Here's why. Because you've done wonderful things for me. Oh, wonderful things. What's he done for you lately, preacher? I, I, I just took a breath. I just took another one. I just took another one. You want to stop? Stop breathing <laughs> you're probably tired of this sermon aren't you the truth is i don't know how to list all the things god's done for me it's like crazy i've had like a billion meals i've had a billion gifts i've had a billion breaths I've had. i mean it's like endless it's like crazy it's like phenomenal it's like amazing it's like i'll never complain again good it's crazy it, it's 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 indescribable it's, it's what god's done for me I've got to exalt him. I've got to praise him. He's done so many wonderful things for me. It's reality, church. It's a reality. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what that means? That means when Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again, he gave us the victory. When Jesus rose from the dead, he did something no one's ever done before. And when he did that, he made us, he gave us an opportunity to live this victorious Christian life. The resurrected life. And that's the victory through Jesus Christ. And then what about 2 Corinthians 2.14 where it says this. Now thanks be unto God which... Now that must be a bad version. There is no way... God meant to put that word there, so we got to find a version of the Bible that doesn't have always, because that's not true. You agree? God hasn't always caused us to triumph. Yes, he has. There's not one thing, Elijah, that will ever happen to you as God's child that he will not at the end make you to triumph. You'll come out on top, bro. You'll always be a winner with God. Never. You say, yeah, but what about this? No, God's going to turn that around and make it An incredible triumph in your life. You see, God doesn't allow the circumstances in life, in our lives, to turn out bad. His plan is that they would triumph and turn out to bless us and help us and cause us to, to help other people. It's just how we allow God to work in our lives. We can either choose to get discouraged and depressed and defeated over the things that happen to us in this life, or we can say, God, all things are going to work together. for God. I know you're going to be good. I know you're going to handle this. I know you're going to triumph. And then, Colossians 3, 15, 16, and 17. Look at 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you're called in one body. And be ye thankful... Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, and whatsoever ye do, whatever you do in word, whatever you do, everything you say, everything you do, everything, everything you say, everything you do, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God. Everything. Strong, isn't it? It's a decision based in reality. The Bible teaches that gratitude is the attitude that sets the altitude for living. There's plenty to be thankful for, amen. But I'm going to tell you something else. There's plenty to complain about, too. I'm glad you didn't say amen. It's true though. I'm just glad you're you're already learning. You say what do you mean there's plenty to complain about? Good night. There's a man And not a day goes by. I don't have things that I could complain about. I mean, it's tons of stuff. My food's not good. My, you know, the temperature's not right, you know. My shoe's got a hole in it. The policeman pulled me over, and I, you know, good night. There's drug addicts out there, he gives me a ticket. You want me to keep going? I got him. I can go. I go all day, like some of you, complaining, all day. Ra 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 rah, rah. How you doing? Well, I've had better days. Remind me not to ask you how you're doing anymore. <laughs> how you doing? Well, pretty good under the circumstances, you know. Attitudes or patterns of thinking formed over a long period of time. It's going to be hard to get out of that, because there's a lot to complain about. So what are you going to do? Are you going to choose about a lot to be thankful for or a lot to complain about? You got both. Number three, thankfulness is a life-changing decision. A life-changing decision. You say, what's so life-changing about it? You know what this means? It means I'm excited. That's what you do before you eat a really good meal. You're like, Ugh. That's what Gloria does, right? She gets so excited. You put food in front of her. You know, she does all kinds of crazy dances in front of that food, man. I wish I could get into her mind and be as thankful as she is for food. I'm so excited. Psalm 107, verse 8. Here it is. Thankfulness is a life-changing decision. Do you see that little word, oh? That's not this. Oh. Oh, that man. no, no. That word, oh, there is this, oh oh, 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 you're not, oh, oh, oh you're not going to believe this, oh, that men would praise the Lord, God has changed my life, oh, oh you got to know this, that oh indicates something dramatic has taken place. This is life changing. This is indescribable. The word O is telling me something. God is wanting to do something in my life. The passion in that little word. That little word there is not there by accident. It's there on purpose. Oh God, oh. 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 Oh listen. I want to encourage you today. To understand that gratitude will change your life. It'll change your marriage. It'll change your attitude about gospel life. It'll change your attitude about work. It'll change your attitude about your girlfriend, your boyfriend. It'll change your attitude about your your situation, where you live, what you eat, what you wear, how much money you make, your job. It'll change everything about your life. It's life-changing. I do believe this. I, I believe one of the reasons why I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm still married. No, seriously. The divorce rate for preachers is just the same as it is for America. I'm thankful. Not always good, not always easy. Got tough times we faced, but I'm thankful for that woman right there. I love her. I'm grateful. Sometimes I blow it, sometimes I make a mistake, sometimes she does, not often. (laughs) But I'm thankful. I believe thankfulness keeps relationships together. Gratitude. Now let me give you, let me get up close and personal and we'll conclude this sermon. Number one, I want you to ask yourself this question, am I a thankful person? Am I a thankful person? Now before we answer that question, because it's not yes or no, let, let, let's get ourselves a grade. Let's go to the school of thankfulness. Let's say if we went to the school of thankfulness, there was elementary school, high school, and higher education. What could we learn about thankfulness? Where would we rate ourselves? How are we doing in this area? Well, let's say elementary school would be a sacrifice of praise. Let, let's, let's say Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 might represent a, a elementary school of thankfulness, where we just give a sacrifice of praise to God. Well we, we thank Him. Uh, we, we say thank you. Uh, we're, 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 we're the kind of person who would who would just at least basically be thankful. We are, we're willing to, to at times it's a sacrifice. It's hard, but we do it. A sacrifice of praise. I think, I think many of us are probably there. I think we got a church full of thankful people. I I just think maybe our thankfulness is not as genuine as it could be. It's not as sincere. It's not as often. It's I know that's sometimes where I'm at. I'm just being honest. I I don't think to say I'm thankful is it's just that's 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 too easy of an answer to just say I'm thankful. I think sometimes we need to ask ourselves, how thankful are we? Because this man who was healed turned around, fell on his face, and glorified God giving thanks. When's the last time you've fallen on your face? And when's the last time you've lifted your hands in praise? When's the last time you My point is this, is that sometimes I think we just are kind of okay with a sacrifice of praise. Okay, okay, thank you. Number two, let's go to the high school. Let's 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 get another level. First, that's 518. Here's a good one. In everything give thanks. Wow. That's pretty good. In everything I'm going to give thanks. I mean, listen, there is something to be said about someone who says, "I'm going to learn to give thanks in everything." Wow, that's a, that's a big step. In every situation, I'm going to give thanks. Good times, bad times, and everything, thank you, Lord. Uh, is that the way you are, or do you tend sometimes when things are not going so well? You know, it's it's just a lot harder to be thankful. And in fact, sometimes that's when things kind of go south. I mean, as long as everything's going good, God, if it's going good. I'm good. But God, when things don't go so good, I just kind of start complaining. Let's go to let's go to graduate school. Let's get into higher education. Let's get up there. Ready for this? You you master's degree, thankful folks. Ephesians five eighteen through. 20. Let's read it together. But be filled with the Spirit. First of all, this is the only way to get to graduate school. If you want to get to the master's level of thankfulness, you've got to be filled with the Spirit. You've got to speak to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You've got to be a worshiper singing and making melody your hearts to the Lord. Here it is. Help me out. Giving thanks for All things, always, not just in everything, but always in all things. This is the highest level of gratitude. This is that one who has decided under no circumstance in any situation in life, will I choose to complain? In everything, in all things, always I will give thanks. This is where the real joy is. This is where the joy is. This is why sometimes you see people who, who don't have a lot, but they're still like radically thankful. This is where you can see someone, maybe even in a foreign country, who has, they don't have one-tenth of what we have. They don't have one one-hundredth of what we have. That's what I've noticed about these foreign exchange young people is they're thankful. Oh Vladimir back there, he's been thankful. Is he still back there? Has he stayed long enough to hear me preach? Vladimir? Is he back there? Hey, Vladimir. Oh, Vladimir's from Ukraine. He's he's a thankful kid. He forgot his key. He lost his key yesterday. and He said, I need a key. I'm so sorry. Could you give me another key? Man, I went and got him another key. He said, thank you, Mr. Eric. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for this key. I try not to lose it again. Thank you. I've already got a real good relationship with these guys, so... It's all good. But I thought as he walked away, I thought, I don't know much about that kid, but it, I know this. He seems to be thankful. Sometimes I wonder if we Americans just have been given so much that when things just don't go our way, when we lose our keys, this is the end of the world. Where are my keys? I guarantee, honey, where'd you put my keys? Did you lose him again? We're just kind of like that, aren't we? On edge. And, and I'm, 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 I'm saying this is, this is how I know sometimes I get, so I'm figuring maybe you stu- struggle with some of the same stuff. I've never had a response like I had in years of, 24 years of pastoring this church. I've never had a response to a message like I did last week. Never had more emails, never had more text messages. People just saying, Preacher, you got me right where I live. We're on to something here, church. We're on to something. If we could learn this, if we could get this. And then finally, number, number, rather number two, am I seeing the blessings of thankfulness in my life? The joy that comes from that. Listen, what percentage of my thought life is focused on positive things? What percentage of my thought life is focused on positive things? How often do I go out of my way to express gratitude? Out of my way. Like I'm going in this direction and I need to get there, but wait a minute. I need to turn around and give thanks. Like the leper, right? I mean, they've been healed, but one turns back. One goes in the opposite direction. This was where they were going to the priest, but one said, before I go there, I've got to go give thanks. When's the last time you went out of your way to give thanks? When's the last time you wrote a thank you note? When's the last time you told your wife, thank you for that amazing meal. You are the best. In fact, I want to wash dishes today. And just as a token of my appreciation, I want to do that for you. What? what, 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 What's going on? Why are we restless right now? Why are we laughing? I'll tell you why we're laughing because I've hit a cord. It's been a while, guys, hasn't it? (laughs) Number three, am I choosing thankfulness over complaining moment by moment? Am I choosing thankfulness over complaining moment by moment? Because I'm going to tell you something. I've already had several moments this morning. It is 1151. We're about to close the preaching portion, give a little response time, and then have an announcement. We're almost done. Let me tell you something, church. It's 1151, It's not even noon yet. And I have already been faced with a half dozen moments where I had to say, thank you, Lord. This morning at nine o'clock, our computer was not working. We didn't have the screen. It's it's eight fifty nine. And there's no screen. There's no way to get notes. There's no way to get words. We're stressing. And you know what you want to do when you're stressing? You want to look at Brother Ken Reed up there or Joe or somebody and say, Why didn't you check this? What's going on? Right? I mean, this is important. We only have this one day a week and we got to get this right. And Isn't that what you want to do? That's what I wanted to do. But you know what I did? I remembered this point. I said, boy, it would be really bad if I got to this point and I couldn't give a good illustration. So I took a deep breath, and I said, Ken, just work on it. Don't worry about it. I'll tell Jason. Jason, just kind of say something about the fact that we've got technical difficulties and just roll with it, right? And so Jason got up and said, well, folks, we're having technical difficulties. And he said, you know, he said, I can assure you when Jesus comes back, he is going to take us and all technology problems with him. (laughs) And as soon as he said that, it went on. Bam! It was like... You know what I think God said? I think God said, "I like your response. I'll go ahead and heal the computer." (laughs) No, no joke. That's what happened because Jason said it. He said he turned around and looked at it, and it was still bad. And then he turned back around, and I said, "Oh!" And Jason went, "Why? It's up again." You know, that's how it happened this morning. It was awesome, and I thought, God, you're so good. You're giving me moments in the morning message to live this out, to live it out. Every moment, moment by moment, I'm going to come across situations. Here's another one. Whew. Thank you, Lord. Here's another one. <gasps> I love you. <laughs> it's okay. Ah, uh, the foods. No, it's, no, it, 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 it's not a problem. <gasps> it's okay. I, I understand. I forgive you. Don't worry. God's good. Just moment by moment making the right choice. Let's bow our heads for prayer, shall we? With every head bowed, every eye closed. I'd like to just ask you this question. Are you a thankful person? I believe that God's blessings comes to those who turn from complaining and focus on those things that they they can be thankful for. This morning, what do you have to be thankful for? I want us to make a list. Just in your mind, just a few things. And if you've never, ever Really come to the place where you have been thankful for the cross. If you've never really recognized before in a very clear way that Jesus Christ died for my sins, that Jesus Christ laid down his life so that I could live eternally with him, then I want to ask you this morning to prayerfully consider just joining me at this altar coming down. I'd love to take a moment, talk with you, Brother Jason. We'd love to take that moment with you if you need the Lord. If you'd like to come and pray, you come and pray. Maybe this is just a good morning to come and pray and say, God, I just want to, I want to grow my faith. So I'm going to be thankful today because faith has grown in the soil of gratitude. So let's do that, shall we? Father, I love you. I thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, for your kindness. I thank you, God, for what you've done today and for how you've allowed us, Lord, to be together again today, to breathe, to walk, to talk. And God, we definitely want to defeat the sin of complaining in our lives. It's tough. It is tough, God. I failed several times this week. I know, God, there were moments when I had, I got about 10 seconds into my complaining session when you reminded me of this message. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I count not myself to have apprehended, but I am getting there, and I'm working on it, and I'm going to be conscious of it. And I'm going to grow with my church this summer in this area. So God, bless this invitation. Speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we stand together? If you need to come, you come and take a moment at the altar.
1: Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the price you pay. Bearing all my sin and shame and love you came and gave amazing grace. Thank you for Thank this love Lord. Thank you for the name hands, hands. washing in your, your-
0: Just one more time and let's just really think and meditate and focus. Some may want to close their eyes. It's not a hard song to memorize. We may just want to pray this song. Just think about it and, and shall we conclude our worship this morning by lifting our voices and just thanking God for the cross. He is worthy and may this change us and may our faith grow as a result of us spending another minute or two in worship. Thank you for the cross. Here we go. Thank Thank you you for for the the cross, cross
1: Lord. Thank you for the price you pay. Bearing all my say.
0: good. He's worthy. You may be seated for just a moment. We got two quick things we'd like to do. I finished a little early just so we could do this, but um, we want to hand out right now to everyone a little commitment uh, piece of paper that we want you to look over, and I'm going to ask one of the assistant...